Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Doom Productions podcast, a podcast typically hosted by all of Doom Productions. But this week is another solo episode. Last week, uh, you guys heard Jordan get to talk a bit about Dracula, and he did an episode by himself. And this week, it's my turn to do an episode on my own. My name is Ethan. If you don't know me, I'm one of the crew members here at Doom Productions. Typically, I'd be joined by Jordan and Zach, but today, we're, as I'm recording this, it's Halloween, and it's also Jordan's birthday, so we're taking the night off. We're not meeting together like we normally would. Usually, we meet every Monday to record podcasts, but tonight is just me, so it's going to be a bit more of a chill episode. Um, we're going to talk in this week's episode a bit more about The Bell Rings, um, but if you don't know who we are here at Doom Productions, we make feature films, and... The Bell Rings is a feature film that I made that released earlier this year in the summer, and it was shot all the way back last summer and were released almost to the day of us wrapping the movie. So it was kind of cool to do like a full year long experience of working on just one feature film. And I know Jordan kind of had the same experience, but even longer with working on his most recent recent film, uh, Two Little Ghosts. So it's been a lot of movies here. (laughs) We've been outputting, I think... A lot of projects that have been in the wings for a long time or have been in 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 production so it's been cool to get to finally see all these things come out and with that you know we've been talking a lot about our other feature films like wild boys and two little ghosts and it's been kind of a lull in bell rings uh bell rings talk so that's what i want to bring back today is uh talk about probably one of my favorite things to talk about which is the things that went wrong on set, or at least the things that I thought were really challenging and what I learned from them. So if you don't know about The Bell Rings, it's a movie that was written by me, directed by me, um, and it was a really big project. It was the biggest thing I'd ever done. Um, I also acted in the movie and did a lot of cinematography, so it was uh, a huge task, bigger than anything I had tried to do before. And obviously, there was lots of help and lots of involvement with um, the cast. Obviously, Jordan was the person kind of really helping push me along through this whole process. Um, and definitely wouldn't have happened without his like huge level of support. So um, definitely wasn't all me. But there was just a lot to learn with the fact that when you're spearheading a project, there's so many things that fall on your plate. And like with every project, you kind of learn uh, a new limit of yours in some degree. And I learned a lot of mine through this process. So I want to talk in this episode again about some of the the big stories. I think I have three sticking points of uh, big things that I felt like fell apart in my hands or were just really difficult to balance and will hopefully be things that going forward I handle better in, in future projects. So um I guess just taking a step back here before we dive into these nitty gritty stories, um, I'm and looking at just how I feel about the bell rings uh, now that the movie's out and it's done. Um, I'm surprisingly happy with it. It's kind of a nerve wracking thing to put a movie out there into the world that you've spent so much time, you know, thinking on, working on. I think you know I've had this movie idea in my head since like 2017, 2018. So it's been around for a very long time and the movie has changed and grown and adapted in many different ways and looks very different than what it was way back when. I'm sure a lot of filmmakers share um, similar experience around their movie ideas. So looking at The Bell Rings and how it landed, 
and how it how it exists in the world now. Um, I'm really happy with the movie, but that's not always the case. And I think it's probably one of the first times I've like walked away from a movie that I've made and been like, yeah, that's <laughs> I'm really happy with it. And that feels even better because during the production of The Bell Rings, I was incredibly unsure of how this movie was going to turn out. Um, I thought there was a, a high likelihood I would walk away from this project feeling very disappointed and let down by just how things felt on set. And I think just that in itself, I hope is an encouragement to filmmakers that just because it feels like things are falling apart, push through because you never know if you're going to actually come around to having a great experience with the final product of your film, even if in the moment it feels terrible. Because there were many days I'd walk away from set thinking, I don't know if we got it. I don't know if these scenes are going to come together the way I want. Um, and also it was hard because, you know, as you're making your movie, um, just when you're at a level of in control, like we are when we're making movies um, here at Doom, because we don't have big budgets, we're um, making movies out of pocket, we're kind of pulling together resources as best we can. It can feel like um, you don't have a lot of control, so you're kind of left to, to circumstance on whether or not you're going to get what you want. Um, and so there's always kind of a, it feels like there's a better version of your movie out there, or it even just feels like, you know, you can't quite get what you want, but I feel like I'm rambling again. So I'm going to hold on. I'm going to slow down. <laughs> I'm getting too into it already. We're only a few minutes in. I said it's going to be a laid back episode. Um, so laid back. I'm leaving this part into the recording. So anyways, I might've just lost myself on that tangent, but all that to say, it, it can be really challenging. It feels like to pull what you want out of your movie. And in the case of the bell rings, there are a couple days that felt a lot like that. So let's just, I'm just going to get in here. I think I left that, that tangent half, half complete, <laughs> man. It's hard to podcast on your own. I'm, I'm spoiled by having Jordan and Zach on. I think they're, um, they're really good to bounce off of. So I'm, I'm a little bummed they're not able to do this episode with me, but we'll, we'll roll with it. So thank you guys for bearing with the strange episode. I think every episode that's a solo episode just feels a little odd. But anyways, I'm just going to jump into um, my first little bullet point here just to keep me on track because I could ramble all day and it could it could make something meaningful or not, but I'm just going to get get started in here. So the first kind of thing that I felt was a, a challenge in the bell rings was the fact that it was kind of crunch time for a lot of this. Um, the writing of the movie, ooh, you know what I can look at. Sorry if my audio gets a little quiet here for a second. I'm pulling out here my, my scripts because I have them next to me here. I just happen to have these outlines and stuff ready to go. So... And I didn't even plan on that. But the first draft of The Bell Rings was written in on March. It was started on May 31st, 2021. And was completed on June 14th, 2021. So we'll call that, yeah, so that's like 15 days. It was the first draft was written in 15 days. Um, the reason I was moving so fast was the movie was supposed to start production in July. 
like beginning of July was the original plan, I think. So I felt like there was an immense pressure to get going on finishing the script. I'm very glad that we did not start that early. Um, the movie didn't start until August. And that's much better because if you look here, the next draft of the movie was finished in a month. So the second draft of the movie started writing on uh, June 14th. So pretty much the same day as when this, the first draft was finished and finished on July 14th. So it took me a full month to write the second draft. I, I spat the first one out as quickly as possible. And then the second one I took more time with um, to really get what I wanted out of it. Um, and I think that's a great thing to do. I think writing the first draft really fast without having you know, perfectionism in mind really helps. But then from there, production started, I think, August 3rd or 2nd. Um, we moved fast. And we had to finish by the 20th, I think. Like we had to be done because we were flying out of the state. Um, and it, it felt like it would have been really hard to pick back up again after we had this other trip planned where we were going to meet up with other filmmakers. I didn't want the bell rings to drag on beyond that. So we had to really book it. And that was, I mean, I think it was a good thing. Um, I have a really hard time with planning out long stretches of time. Um, I'm a procrastinator, a huge procrastinator. And so I think while it felt like a really, really hard thing to do, because it was of pulling together this movie in such a short window of time, um, where basically from writing to shooting, there was about a two month window. Um, so pulling together props and, and costumes and locations and all that was really up against the wire. I think I needed that pressure for things to get done. Because working with flexible, kind of out there dates, like my brain just doesn't work in that way. So I think it's kind of a two-edged sword um, where that pressure made it really kind of scary. But it also helped me push forward and make sure that things got done. Because if they didn't, then there's a part of your movie that's going to be missing. Um, and that's how it felt for for the bell ring. So um I think it's kind of getting to know what your workflow is. Um, I know that I work best under pressure. So does my wife. Um, Jordan is probably the one who's more able to spread out and can work over those longer periods of time and work kind of like in a slow, consistent pace. I'm someone who like has to work within a really limited amount of time and get things done kind of rapidly. Um, and it's just knowing that about yourself. So for me, this way of working worked out. I don't know if Jordan would would want to work in that same way. Luckily, he he came alongside and helped usher me along and, and slow me down and reassure me also that, that things were coming together properly. Um, I don't think we would have gone into this movie and made it if we had thought that there wasn't a way to finish it and complete it in the time frame that we wanted. Um, yeah, that's just, we we know, we don't want to ever finish, like half finish a movie. We want to make sure that things get done. That's the most important thing to us. So knowing that that time frame and the limits of what you need to make your movie, I think was the most crucial for us because come shooting days, we were like, had we had a perfect schedule laid out where there was kind of no room for error. I actually, 
if you follow our Patreon, I'm going to be talking about this more there um, later on, hopefully this month. Um, but I have a calendar of like days where I, I wrote out physically the schedule because I need to kind of see it in a real space. I'm not good at virtual calendars. Um, but we had it written down so precisely because we knew that our actors were only available certain days, certain times. We had to have these chunks of days kind of laid out perfectly. I think 14 days was what we had on paper for filming the bell rings, um, which was a lot of time, but also not. Um, it kind of really depended on us getting things right. Um, and also just a hot summer. So you don't want to be shooting, you know, eight hour days, seven hour days. We were shooting a lot of six hours or less days. Um, we had, I think only one or two like big shooting days. So we knew we, we had flexibility, but when your actors are committed to a certain amount of time, you don't want to ask more of that. So, um, with the bell rings, we had to kind of understand what we needed, what we didn't need, um, and not get kind of greedy on set. We, over time, I think I learned that it was best if we got one good take in a wide rather than cut up your shot into close-ups, mediums, wides. Like even if I knew which of those I wanted, it was better off if there were these long takes. So I think you'll notice the bell rings has a lot of long takes, but there are some scenes that are cut up more. I can guarantee you a lot of those scenes that were shot with a lot of different angles were shot earlier in production. And the ones that were longer takes were shot later in production for the most part. Um, and that's just because it was better for the project. Um, we felt like the pacing of the movie benefited from longer takes the more we shot. Um, and in editing, I tried my best with the scenes that were cut up to cut as little as possible, even though my original storyboards might have shown more cutting or more angles. I tried to work that back as much as possible in post because that pacing we found was was better for the film. Um, so yeah, the time crunch though, that that was something that was was tricky and was kind of in this weird balance all the time. And looking back on it, like I'm glad things were so laid out and we actually wrote out and we, we do this with all of our movies. It's um like a hour by hour schedule, minute to minute, like schedule of, of what the day looks like and when we're taking breaks, when we're eating, when we're shooting. Um, so that way we can know exactly how long it takes and it gives you that kind of pressure to get things done. Okay, I'm gonna slow down again. I hope I hope this is more coherent than it feels. Recording a podcast by yourself feels so weird. Um, so you just have to keep talking, and that's my my probably my weakness. Anyways, I'm gonna take a water break here. Give me a second. Okay, so this is this next point here is probably the biggest reason why I want to make this episode. I'm putting it in the middle, and it's to talk about what in my mind is like a huge elephant in the room when it comes to the bell rings. But as far as I know, this hasn't been this hasn't been brought up to me personally by anyone who's watched the movie, um, other than the people I've brought it up to. <laughs> so, and I think it's an interesting thing, and I think it's time I talk about it. Um, and I don't know if other people feel the same way I do about it, but. I'll be curious to see how people react. So if you're listening this far, 
I'd be interesting. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts in like the comments. But this is a whole section dedicated to the audio of the bell rings and why the way it sounds the way it does is out of a gross error on my end. Um, and I guess negligence would be the right word. But anyways, I, for this movie, wanted originally to dub the film, but Jordan cautioned me because of his experience with uh, our movies October and um, Video Carnage, where those were both dubbed films and the challenges that kind of came with that. So he talked me into, at the very least, recording live scratch audio that would be usable in the case that um, dubbing wasn't going to be an option. So I said, that sounds good. And I actually had uh, Rode Wireless Go audio pack. So it's the um, you know single mic, single receiver. And I've been using that for a while and really enjoyed using it. And at this time, a new version had come out where there's two mics. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. I can just use these mics for um, recording uh, on-set audio and get good like lav wireless audio because I knew that we'd be away far away from the camera for a lot of the shots. So it made it just made it a lot easier. So I bought these. Um, didn't do a whole lot of testing on them because I felt like I kind of knew what I wanted, and so and what's what's hard is I didn't want the the mics to be visible obviously, because this movie is old and you don't want to see mics on your audience. I wasn't going for a Joel Haver vibe. So we were, you know, raking up the labs underneath people's clothes and I hadn't had much experience doing that, but kind of in, I guess, arrogance more or less, I just thought, yeah, it'll be fine. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. And so we set up our mics that way and I didn't check my audio like right after, like I, we went a couple days of shooting before kind of these issues came to my attention where A, the audio was scratchy because of people's clothes and B, my camera's internal audio recording setting was set to like auto level, which meant whenever people weren't talking, it would be bringing up the levels of noise to try and find sound. So the audio was like fluctuating and really inconsistent and scratchy because of people's clothes whenever they'd move. So I was kind of put in this position where I had two options. Option one, I dub everything. And by the time we wrapped shooting, I was not feeling it. Um, It felt like a whole extra boatload of work. It felt like pretty much redoing the whole movie. And I just, if I had to, I would have, but Um, what I tried to do instead was salvage the audio as best I could. So what I did was, you know, I applied auto leveling through Adobe. I did all this in Adobe Premiere, by the way, I didn't use audition. Um, I, I just was, it felt like too much to learn all of it, to use it effectively. So I ended up not, so I did all this in Premiere. So I did like auto levels, uh, noise reduction, reverb reduction, like uh, everything, de-hissing, de-noising, like whatever got it as close to a normal sound as possible is what I did. But no matter what, it always sounded, you know, like through a tin can or just not, not good. But so I tried to swing it in a way of, all right, then we're going to make this audio sound old. Like it's coming from a restored film reel. Um, 
or film recording. So that way it at the very least feels authentic to it being an older film. Um, and I wasn't convinced I was selling it. I didn't think so at all, especially because um, I hadn't added things like pops and scratches and other kind of artifacts of like what like it's like a, a record was playing. I, I hadn't done any of that, but I um, showed Jordan uh, a cut of like half the film, I think. And I was like, hey, is this audio working at all? Like in any level <laughs> or am I stuck re-recording this whole thing, which I at the time just did not want to do at all. And Jordan said, yeah, this totally works. Um, and I was like, are you sure? Because <laughs> I wasn't going to be butthurt if it, if it didn't work. Like if he told me like, no, this doesn't work. I'd have been like, okay, then we're dubbing. But he was like, no, 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 keep it. And so I did. And I just had to lean into it no matter how much. And over time, as I edited more, like I heard it less. It didn't bug me as much. It felt like, okay, this is just what the movie is. Um, and especially once, you know, the black and white was on, the grain, the the noise, all the the kind of distress, distressing I did to the, the image, that just helped more and more. And what was a a huge issue um, <laughs> and felt like the movie was just absolute trash. Somehow, through some miracle, this was the one project where that mistake not only didn't hurt the film too much, but I think helped helped it in a lot of ways. Um, and it made the movie overall feel absolutely watchable. Um, I, I, I never had an issue once things got all kind of set in stone with the audio, even though, again, on paper, technically, this movie's audio is bad. I will be the first to say it. It's bad audio, but somehow it works. Um, again, like, I'm so thankful for that. Cause man, the, what's the number one, like film rule that you hear, like every YouTube tip video, including the ones we've made say is like having good audio at the very least. We always talk about, you know, use your phones recording app as like a lab, do something. Um, yeah, we, we totally flubbed that. I totally flubbed that on this movie. And yet somehow it, I think it works. Let me know again, if you think it doesn't work or if you have thoughts on it, uh, leave a comment. I think we have an interesting history of dealing with audio here at Doom Productions. And I think it's something that we've been striving to get right and want to do better at. And have we gotten there or not? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I think we still have a lot, lot to learn, but I think it's just an interesting uh, thing because we've had the issues with Video Carnage's dubbing not being up to par with what we wanted it to be. And then things like October, which is dubbed and learning kind of, from there and then making something like um, Two Little Ghosts, which has um, the whole movie is dubbed again, but the way we did it, it feels um, a bit more like a cartoon or a bit more organic. Um, and then here with the bell rings, having its own, you know, avoiding dubbing as much as possible, even if it means that the film's audio is worse. What What's the right? What's the wrong in that? I don't, I don't know. I think it's just project to project, but I think we've learned a lot of interesting things through that process. Maybe that's a whole episode on its own is just audio um, and what we've learned. But at least for the bell rings, that was something that was like, it crushed me the first time I heard it. I thought, oh no, 
like are all the clips like this or just the one that I'm playing right now? But then you go through it all and you're like, oh my goodness, like what do I do? <laughs> um, yeah. So anyways, I'll move on to the last little little thing, the tidbit, another elephant, probably one that affected people more because it was probably the biggest question I was asked over 2021 into 2022 was when the heck is this movie coming out? Um, luckily it's out now. So if you're listening to this being like, I want to see this train wreck of a movie, Hey, go check it out on our YouTube channel. It's uh, the bell rings. You can watch it for free. Um, but anyways, taking my time, um, was kind of a multi-layered reasoning. <laughs> I think firstly, our, my, my hope was to edit the movie while we were shooting it. So pretty much I would wrap editing or wrap shooting each day, import my footage, organize it and throw together rough edits of each scene. So that way, by the time the movie is done shooting, I have a rough edit already put together. That was the hope that did not happen at all. Mostly because I was already stretched so impossibly thin. Like there was no way I could have done that. Um, even though I wanted to, it was, you know, a mix of, again, like having to shoot days in a row. And within that, I was having to memorize the lines of the other actors, like go through what I need, get the schedules laid out, make sure I had all the props, all this um, food, everything. And then on top of that, like edit, <laughs> there's just no way. So pretty much I just jumped over that and that's again why some of the issues with the footage like totally slipped by me was because i was like i don't have time to look at the footage just dump it in dump it into a folder go 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 um so by the time the movie wrapped i was like i need a minute <laughs> to the only thing i edited together at that point i think was the trailer because i wanted to show that to some friends right after we'd finished editing or shooting the movie when i went to chicago uh to meet up with some other filmmakers I was like, I can't have shot all this with, and show up empty-handed without anything. So the trailer actually that released with uh, before the film, that's actually what those guys saw pretty much. Um, that's pretty much the exact trailer minus a couple shots that got edited or reworked in some way. But taking my time to edit was like not the plan. I wanted that movie to be out by like November of 2021. Like at the very worst December, I thought it'd be a cool winter movie to come out like a Christmas movie. The bell rings that would have been awesome. Um, and that did not happen. And it felt so bad every single time. And I, I took my time. There were times where I went like a month between editing sessions on the bell rings. And there's multiple reasons behind that. I think, you know, it's easy for life to get in the way. Um, it's easy when other movies are getting shot for you to kind of put it off. And then also just, I was bell ringed out. It felt like in a lot of ways, like it felt like a ghost that was chasing me. And also I think I was kind of getting over the effects of a, a filmmaking curse where another movie I'd been working on called Drive Mr. President, which had been editing uh, Purgatory for, I think by now it's been six years and it still is there. I think that was kind of like this thing that was following me. So, Will the will driver's present ever come out? We'll see. But yeah, the bell rings. I took a year to edit and 
I think there's good and bad within that. I think the good came from um, having that much time to live with the project. It wasn't this, I, I, I kind of was didn't have to slog through this feeling of like, the movie isn't what I wanted it to be, and I still have to edit it and get it out in time. Being able to live with it for so long meant I could process along with the editing. So as I was processing through footage, I was processing my feelings about the movie. And if I wasn't feeling it, I could take a break um, for a while and then get reminded like, hey guys, keep working on it by usually other people asking where it was, um, namely Jordan and Bellamy and then also like RC Films and some of the other other filmmakers we knew. They were very good about reminding me to keep working on it. So um, I did. And getting to have that slow roll was really helpful. But then come you know, summer of this year, I was like, all right, I need a hard deadline. So we took actually like a month off just so we could work on specific projects um, over the summer. So we had a, a huge lineup going on this, this past year. And it was just a lot of time and a lot of commitment. So getting to kind of be like, all right, Bell Rings has to come out by a certain date. That was kind of like the last push again, that looping back to having a, to, to work fast and effectively and not having too much of a window um, help me out. Like, like just like writing the script at the beginning where I had that, that hard deadline, man. Yeah. And, and I think some of the, the bad was obviously just that meant less time to work on other things. Um, now that the bell rings is done and kind of some other life personal stuff is done. Like I got married um, and I've moved and all these other big changes have kind of settled. Finally, I feel like I can f- get working on new stories and new scripts. And that's kind of my hope for next year is writing or making my next feature film um, and taking this 2022, the rest, the last two months here to, to write it and get it all where I want it so that I can start piecing together that, that movie is kind of the hope for going into 2023, which will coincidentally be the 10 year anniversary of Jordan and I filming together, which will be super cool. So we're excited to kind of see where things go from there and what, what that looks like for us, man. Okay. Let's see what, what time are we at here? Um, how do you, I'm, I'm recording on garage band, which is new for me. I can't tell how long we've been recording. I should have started a timer. I think it's about 30 minutes, but I could be wrong. But anyways, I'm going to kind of transition here into our other segment that we do, which is what are you working on? Um, and what I've been working on right now is uh, helping shoot Ladonza with Jordan. We just wrapped the movie. If you didn't see our announcement that came out on Monday, we wrapped uh, on Saturday the 29th. And now that movie is just going to be in post-production. Hopefully uh, it comes out soon. I, I'm not going to disclose when that movie's going to come out or Jordan's plans for it. Um, I'll, I'll leave that up to him. But I say I hope it comes out soon selfishly. <laughs> I really, really, really want to see it. Um, Jordan's not letting us watch really anything until he throws together some edits. So he wants us to kind of go into it unbiased. So yeah. So I, I wish I could disclose more on that, but I can't. Um, and then beyond that, it's kind of, I've been in this great spot here where my plate is kind of empty. And what that means now is I get to, I've been kind of ruminating on some ideas I've been sitting on for the last year. Uh, for feature film. So I kind of have had three feature film ideas that I've wanted to write. 
um, each one at a varying level of difficulty from totally doable to unlikely to pull off in the next couple of years. So I'm kind of at this great spot where I can kind of pick and choose what I, what I can do or what I want to do. And with that, I'm hopefully here come with the start of November, going to start writing, uh, outlining and then writing my next script. So, um, I guess some some spoilers on what the one I'm focusing on is going to be is it's set in it's a period piece. It's going to be set in the 80s, like the early 80s. And uh, what else do I want to disclose about it? It's the one I'm going to be writing is the one that's most likely to be shot just in terms of the scale of the film. It's, I guess, I, the smallest in terms of like locations and, and production costs and and. S- yeah, it, I think it feels like about it'd be about on par with the bell rings, maybe a little easier just in terms of like it's not set out in a field in the middle of summer. So just that alone makes the movie feel a lot easier than the bell rings, even though I think really it's about on par with it. Um, yeah, the people there's one person who knows what this movie's about outside of Doom Productions. So if that person's listening they would be a cast member. Um, don't text me about it yet. You know who you are. <laughs> I'm just getting started. You don't know anything more. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and it's it's an oh I'll say this it's a, it's an adaptation of a of a book. Um, I think that that would be the next thing I would say is it's it's a book adaptation um, that I'm turning into a movie. So. Yeah, it's what I'm excited about. It's definitely our own spin on it. It, it wouldn't resemble the book too much, but um, I think once people know what it is, if it gets made, um, it would be kind of a fun reveal of what what it what it is. Anyways, um, yeah, working on those scripts. And if the movie, it turns out like I'm not feeling it or if I don't like it, I have those other two stories to, to kind of fall back on and play around with kind of in the background. Um, and then... Yeah, those. So that's the big thing that's kind of coming up or on the horizon for for me within Doom Productions. Um, I know there's also some Wild Boys stuff we're talking about and some other films that may or may not happen this year. Um, but those are kind of the big things that we're going going forward with. It's kind of exciting to have like a fresh slate now. Now that kind of the last few things that we've been holding on to are kind of out now. I think we have one little thing that's in the background that's been kind of in the shadows for a while. Some people know about, some people don't. Um, that'll hopefully come out this year. And then from there, we're kind of in this fresh, fresh space, which is awesome. Um, and then, oh, it, it, it's out there in the open now that we're working on another YouTube channel, um, or working with, I should say, another YouTube channel, um, the Jesus Christ channel. I don't know if Jordan talked about it in his last episode at all. Um, Jesus is someone we've partnered with and we're making videos on his YouTube channel. So if you haven't seen our, the start of our web series, um, the book of Jesus, the second coming, check it out. The first episode is already available on his channel. We've shot um, a couple more episodes already that are kind of going to be coming out in a semi, hopefully semi-regular schedule. I think we've kind of left it open-handed. Originally we were going to stick to a really precise schedule. Now we've kind of left it room to to be just what feels right to us so yeah hopefully the new episode comes out 
sooner than later. Um, but I'm excited for people to see where that goes. Um, we've been working on this thing for like a year almost. So it's been a big, big journey. <laughs> and it's cool that it's finally happening. So yeah, check that out on the Jesus Christ YouTube channel. Um, yeah. And then I guess the last segment of our show is, what are you watching? There should be a theme song for it. Maybe maybe we'll work on that. Um, in terms of the last week, um, I watched this great or pretty interesting horror movie. Um, it's called Malignant. It came out, I think, in 2020. Um, oh gosh, I'm I'm doing it again. Where I'm blanking on the director's name. Hold on, I gotta I gotta fact check myself here real quick before I make a fool of myself. I know it's the director of Aquaman. Um, Malig. Malignant, 2021 film directed by James Wan. Okay, I was right. Um, it was a really interesting film. Uh, I was telling Jordan about it on Friday or on Saturday, and he was asking me about it because he hadn't seen the movie yet. Um, I thought it was really cool. There were a lot of things in it that um, I really enjoyed um, as a horror movie. Um, and as kind of like an, almost an action movie, I think James Wan's style of action I really enjoy and his, his cinematography and the way he kind of handles a scene when there's a lot of big stuff happening, like movement or action or fighting or whatever. Um, I really like it. I like his use of wide angle lenses just for like establishing shots there. Watching that made me want to use those kind of lenses more in my stuff. Um, I felt, and I think what I'll, I'll leave it at was if you're looking for something seriously scary, this probably isn't the movie. If you're looking for something that's kind of in like, not quite a B movie horror. I think that discredits what this movie is, but just if you're looking for something that's a bit more just fun to watch as a horror movie, this is the one for you. Um, I thought it was really interesting. Some of the the practical effects in it were really cool, and there's some great twists in it. Um, might not be for everyone, but I would definitely recommend it if you want like fun horror. Might be a little on the campy side for some people. Might not be for others. Kind of depends on your taste, but. Uh, I check it out. It's on HBO Max. So if you have that, you can watch it there. Um, beyond that, what I'm about to watch, because it's Halloween, I'm going to be hopefully watching tonight either Barbarian, because that's on HBO Max now too, or I'm going to try and watch at least two of the modern Halloween films. So um, what that would be is Halloween, the 2019 2018, 2019 one. And then the one that follows it is that Halloween kills. I think I, I, I can't remember all of them. I should have looked that up ahead of time, but, and then I want to watch the last one, um, here soon. So I, cause I've heard lots of talk and room, like discussion about the ending or how the last one ends. And I don't know, I haven't gotten spoiled. Thank goodness. But I really enjoyed the 2018 Halloween movie. I felt like that was a really cool movie. And so I want to see where that story wraps up. Um, so that's going to be what I'm watching. Hopefully tonight is at least two of those or barbarian, depending on kind of what my wife and what the people in my house, my roommates, uh, decide on. So, cause unfortunately I have to, I have to appease the whole audience. I think we're going to do a big old movie night since it's Halloween. But I think I'm going to wrap it up there. I don't know how long this episode is. It might be a little shorter than our usual stuff. Um, I hope that's all right with you guys. But yeah, if you haven't watched The Bell Rings, check it out. It's not a Halloween movie, so you can watch it any time of year. 
Um, it's a bit, not quite a horror movie. A um, bit more of a, th- nah, thriller is not the right word. I- I've had a hard time describing this movie, but basically the feel I went for was if a Grimm's fairy tale was set in the American West. So you can check that out here on our YouTube channel for free, along with many other great videos and feature films if you want to you know, stick around and see what we've got to offer. Um, that's this episode of the podcast. We release these every Friday, so you can listen to them here on YouTube, or if Spotify is easier for you, you can pop on over there. There should be a link down below, but we're just the Doomed Productions podcast, so find us over on Spotify too if you want to listen uh, away from your computer. But I'll leave it there. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.